Well, I'll just say if you want to get something done, if you want to solve a problem, find yourself a nurse and not at the end. Find yourself one at the beginning. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a pen nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Hello, everyone. Today, we are kicking off season four with our live interview at the VPHL Innovation Fest. And we are so honored to welcome our guest today, Dr. Tony Villarul, our professor and Margaret Bond Simon Dean of Nursing at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. Dr. Villarul is an internationally renowned leader in research, policy, and practice, and has worked to improve the health of underserved Latino communities, as well as our community at the School of Nursing, the number one nursing school in the world. Welcome, Dean Villarul. Thanks. It's great to be here. To get started, can you first just tell us a little bit about your path into nursing and also your path to being the dean of, like Angela said, the number one nursing school in the world? Sure. And so I started out, you know, I feel like I've told this story millions of times, but it, it is it is the story. So I grew up in Detroit. I was one of four children, um, three brothers in a Mexican household, low, low, in, low income. My parents were always um, made sure that they knew that we knew that we were going to college. Now, we didn't even know what that was. We didn't know what that meant. My father had never had uh, not finished high school and my mother finished high school and had worked as a secretary. But we always knew we were going to college. So my, my brothers could, of course, do anything they wanted to be because, again, it's a Latino household and, you know, males ruled the roost. I could go to college, but my choices were to be a teacher or a nurse. And so I made the informed decision at a sixth grader that I was going to be a nurse. I didn't know any nurses. I had never been in the hospital, but, you know, hey, it sounded, you know, sounded good. I liked the uniform. So, you know, there, there you go. What I found what I, when I entered nursing is what I say at every level, it's like I feel like a kid in a candy store. There are just so many options as to what you can do as a nurse, not just working in the clinical setting, for example, um, I fell in love with all my rotations, you know, with psych, with, with uh, maternity, maybe not so much, but certainly, certainly peds, community health. And I wanted to try, I wanted to try them all. And I, and I did try many of them all. Um, I was a home, I started off uh, my first job working in a migrant clinic and also in a a step-down psych living situation, um, which again, I gained great experience, but Neither of those were my life's work. I spent a great deal of time at the Children's Hospital of Michigan, where I absolutely loved working um, with, with kids, with families, uh, with adolescents in particular. I always had a pull uh, to work, do work in the community. So I worked as a visiting nurse for a while and uh, found that that was not the job for me either. Um, I have a directional deficit I learned. And this was be- before GPSs, um, before cell phones before any of that. So, you know, you have to stop at a gas station or stop to ask for directions. And it's like, no, no, this is, this is not, not for me. 
but I think the experience absolutely did help me be a, a better, a better nurse. At that time, I decided I wanted to specialize in, in kids. And that's what brought me over here to the University of Pennsylvania, where I received my master's and was a clinical specialist, and went back to Detroit and went back to Children's and worked there for a number of years. And, you know, you asked me, how is it that I became a dean? And well, I ended up doing the two things that I said I would never do. The first thing I said was I would never do research. And the second thing I said I was, was that I would never be a dean. So I always tell people, just never say never. And when I think about why I said I never wanted to be a researcher is because we uh, nursing research at the time was just sort of up and coming. It was a novelty. There weren't too many people in there. And there wasn't anybody that I aspired to be like. But when I started doing research, I mean, I love the project that I was working on. And I got my PhD because I didn't like people telling me what I needed to do. Um, because I felt I had better instincts, but I didn't have the degree. I know you're smiling, Mary, Marian, because I bet you're thinking some of the same, some of the same thing. So PhD led me to opportunities um, from a hospital base to work in the community again, uh, where I developed interventions to reduce sexual risk behavior among Latino adolescents that was tested in Mexico, Puerto Rico, Detroit, Philadelphia, and just had a blast working on disseminating our curriculum with, with community-based organizations. So I absolutely love being a researcher. That's, you know, that's my identity. I love the solving problems. Um, and as I became good, um, I became the associate dean for research because I did global work. I was the associate dean for global affairs at, at the University of Michigan. Then I started taking on the PhD program. And so um, I learned a lot about sort of what it took to be a dean. And uh, when the opportunity came up at Penn, I still had my mantra, I don't want to be a dean. You know, I, I don't want to apply for that job. But then in thinking about it, it's like, if I was going to be a dean any place, you know, why not Penn? Um, and why not Michigan? So those, if I were, if I dreamt about that, those would be the two places. And I said, well, I owe it to myself to at least see what the job looks like, what it feels like, and whether it's something that I want to do. And so I was just, uh, I always knew what a fabulous school, the School of Nursing was. Naively, I wasn't aware of the, uh, of how great the University of Pennsylvania was, not only in the city of Philadelphia, but around the world. And I was just um, enamored with, uh, with Amy Gutman's uh, Compact 2020, the focus on innovation, on inclusion, and I'm going to get the impact, impact. I always, I always forget one of the three. And I thought, this is, this is a foundation where nurses can lead in. And so that's what, that's what attracted me here. I think it's an awesome responsibility coming to a school that's great and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I going to do? Because there's, when you're number one, there's only one, one way to move. And so the challenge of, of being on top, staying on top, but I think more important, striving for excellence, I think is, is something that, that is part of our fabric at Penn Nursing. We don't, we don't chase rankings. We, you know, we, we just are. I definitely want to talk more about your vision for Penn nurses and Penn nursing leading in innovation, but I'm curious to understand how you envision the work we do at Penn nursing leading as the number one school of nursing. So how do you see the work that we do sort of, you know, building a foundation for other nursing programs? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that Penn Nursing is and has always been, when you take a look at the trajectory of other nursing schools, 
around the country, many have had their peaks and valleys. I mean, certainly the schools that I've been at, Lane State University and University of Michigan, enjoyed um, top rankings, top, you know, top influencers, but it's been it's been cyclical. I think what's unique about what is unique about Penn is that we have consistently been at the top. And again, I, I owe, owe that to Claire Fagan, um, who again, our building is named after her appropriately because she built a strong foundation for nursing research, for education, and, and for leadership. And when you think about the leaders after her, and Norma, Norma Lang, who um, you know, set the footprint in the practice arena, for example, when you talk about Afaf Malise, who was a force and advocate for global women's health, and then myself coming in, it's again, it's, it's, the, it's the leadership again, and I will say not only of the deans, but of the incredible faculty and students that we have. I think we have an environment that fosters creativity, leadership, that fosters risk-taking. And I think that has enabled us to, again, be leaders in the profession, as well as in areas of practice around the world. And I totally agree. I mean, we have incredible faculty, incredible students, and, um, you know, the environment for creativity, risk-taking lends itself nicely to being leaders in innovation. So I'd love to understand how you came to wanting to promote Penn Nursing as a leader in the innovation space and what that looked like to start. I have so many questions though. Yeah, you know, I think it, it came, you know, came away in a couple couple different areas. First of all, you know, again, I shared with you the Penn's, uh, Penn Compact of which innovation was a, a key factor. And I think I struggled. I think we all, as we were thinking about, well, where, do, where does innovation fit in what we do? What makes sense for us to explore innovation? It made sense for me and that that be coupled in the area of, of research. I mean, that's not the only place that innovation happens, but I think that was an, an important start. And so we were on a mission to try and find out, all right, so what does innovation mean for in nursing? And importantly, it was important for us to define what that was because there were there's a lot of resources on innovation in this campus. And so we needed to figure out, we needed to put our stake in the ground and figure out what we were and what we needed so that we could also avail ourselves to the, to the resources at the university. The other thing that, that happened is that, you know, we have a board of advisors and I'm so grateful for them and their, and their leadership, but we had one, one advisor in particular who was like, you, you are so important to the innovation fabric here at Penn, we need to work on promoting and developing that particular area. And what he would say, what he would say is like, look, you know, there's Berkeley and, and you know, Berkeley has think tanks, they're high in innovation, but as an institution, they will never exceed to the extent that Penn can because Berkeley does not have a school of nursing. So he saw some things in us that I'm not so sure we saw. And he was extremely supportive. He pushed, he made connections, supported connections that we made across the university and beyond to help us define, uh, help us define what that was so that we could move forward. As we looked at what innovation was and we looked in the profession as to who was doing 
innovation, I think two things we saw. Number one, I think we embraced the fact that yes, nurses are innovators and Penn Nursing has a record of developing innovators. I mean, if you take a look at the impact that our faculty and students have had on research, on policy and practice, that, that's, that's innovation and it's sustainability, which again, very few areas and, and schools have. So, and, and thinking about what sort of the, the challenges there are specifically in relation to scale up, it just seemed an important area for us to embrace and to own. In looking at the landscape, you know, again, again, take a look at who your competition is. It's like, you know what? We have this. We can be leaders in this area because, A, of who we are and what we've done, but B, because of the incredible infrastructure in the university and in the, and in the city of Philadelphia. So, you know, we've seen, we have seen, we are, we are leaders in this area. Thanks again, Marion, to, you know, some, to a lot of your work and your visibility in the innovation area and space. But I think, you know, our work speaks for itself. And again, I, we, we are leaders in this area. So again, whether we're number one in innovation, you know, I'm, I, that's not as important, but I think developing that sort of mindset in our practice and our education is something that I want to happen in the next few years. So we are sitting here doing this live podcast interview during the BPHL Innovation Festival. Can you tell us how Penn Nursing defines innovation or how you define innovation and then how that fits into health and healthcare innovation? Because there's so many different definitions of innovation and so many different ways to innovate. I'd love to talk about how Penn Nursing defines innovation, how innovation fits into the nursing profession, and then how that fits in more globally to health and healthcare. Right. You know, I think you can go to the standard, you know, standard definition of what innovation is. It's the art of doing and seeing something new. And what I would say is that nurses are innovators. I mean, we do that. I mean, think about what you do in a, in a practice setting. Think about how you jerry-rig. I'm thinking about how we used to uh, jerry-rig the circular beds with kids that we had spinal fusions and how we could, you know, jerry-rig ways to wash people's hair or to, uh, you know, to maximize their, you know, productivity when they, when they were prone. I think of the innovation that nurses have done during, the, during COVID. Uh, in terms of connecting patients with families when there's no visitation, in terms of positioning to facilitate breathing, we do that on a day. We do that on a daily basis, and I think your your work, Marion, is part of the design thinking course. When you parallel our nursing process, what we learn and what we teach, and hopefully, and we know is ingrained in our nursing students and graduates and the profession is a nursing process, which talks about doing an assessment, a holistic assessment, identifying a problem, developing solutions, implementing and evaluating. That's, that's the innovation component. I think as we think more in this um, techie world about health and healthcare, I mean, there's two things. It's not always a physical component, but it, it's a process. It's a process of care that nurses are very well adept at doing. It's hard to package sometimes and market a process, but we know how to get things done and we know how to get them um, done efficiently and we, need to, we know how to get them done at low cost. I think that's why you have three nurses who are CEOs of the three major hospital of three major hospitals in the area, the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, 
CHOP and also the Veterans Administration. And we know how to get things done while paying attention to cost and also um, the needs of, of patient families and communities. What I also think is that, again, nurses underestimate their ideas and what they bring to the table. And so, unfortunately, many of much of the work that we've done has been usurped by others. They take the idea and they run, or they come and they consult with nurses about what we can, what they can and should be doing, and they take and capitalize and market the idea. So, you know, we need to be as adept in that space, and again, partner with people who we can entrust with de- with helping us to develop and scale and spread some of our ideas. So that sort of leads me into my next question then. How should we be educating the next generation of nurses as leaders in innovation and also teaching them to be confident in what they've created and not let others, you know, usurp what they've done and really hold on to it and let them know that it's okay to create innovations. It's okay to start startup companies and take their ideas and commercialize them. Because I think there's multiple things here. Like we need to be able to train and educate nursing students about innovation. But there's also the nurses who are already practicing, who are doing innovative things and don't even realize it. And how do we let them know that that is what they're doing and then be confident in what in their work? Right. So that's why, as as you know, when we started down the innovation road, we realized that our faculty uh, needed support and and I don't want to say retraining, training, education, inculcation into uh, some of the design thinking and the innovation space and work. So again, as as I'm talking about the resources here at the university, the Center for Health, Healthcare Innovation have been extraordinary partners in allowing both our students and our faculty to be part of what that process was. We knew early on that we wanted not just our faculty to be involved, but also our clinical partners involved. And when we started off with these innovation fellowships, we partnered them off with a clinical nurse. Uh, so again, to make sure that that our, our nurses were um, taking advantage of some of the opportunities that were available. So I, I think as a health system, that whole innovation entrepreneurial spirit has has moved. And I, I have seen certainly more nurses involved and more nurses, importantly, more nurses taking leadership in what some of those areas are. So again, a great resource like the Center for Healthcare Innovation is something that's been extremely helpful. What we have to do in the education setting is we have to embrace our innovative selves. That's who we are. That's what we will be. And that's what we have to move forward. And so, again, it's it's thinking about, again, solid assessment, the risk taking um, within param, you know, again, doing doing no harm, the assessment and then moving forward. And then I think opportunities like the many on campus and I think many that we have supported here in the school and you have done through your through your work in Sonicel is providing opportunities like hackathons and pitches to be able to, to move forward. I love, as you know, and, and our board of advisors love the pitches, the ideas about um, that our students do as they have entered many competitions because it helps them articulate. It's a new skill, identifying a problem, developing a solution, and selling people on it. So, I mean, that's it's an extraordinary skill 
um, that I think we're, you know, again, needs to be more widespread across the curriculum. But I think we've got some really a good start. And I think an enthusiasm among our faculty and making sure that our students at all levels have those skills. At Penn Nursing, we're very invested in educating our students around innovation. Have you seen the same thing in other areas throughout the profession? You know, the Future of Nursing 2020-2030 report highlighted innovation in a number of different sections. How do you see innovation growing over the next five or 10 years in the profession? I see lots of people taking on what we've done. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a lot of uh, nursing podcasts uh, come up. I've seen a lot of nurse entrepreneurs doing, uh, doing different type of work. I've seen, you know, again, uh, incredible support from industry. J&J, for example, phenomenal with some of their quick fire challenges and specifically those that have been invested in nursing. I've seen schools of nursing develop um, similar pitch competitions and seed funding to be able to support that. So I, you know, I think the sky's the limit in terms of being able to grow, to grow where that, where that is. I think, you know, again, COVID has brought some incredible innovations to our practice setting, to, to staffing, to just a number of different areas and COVID disrupted everything. And so now is the time as we're recovering from the pandemic or, you know, living with the pandemic, now is the time to reevaluate what we've done and what makes sense and what doesn't. So for season four, we're going to be focusing on student voices. I'd, I'd love for you to share with the BPHL innovation community some of the work our students have done in this innovation space. Do you have an example or two that you could share? I have plenty of examples. Um, I, I knew you would. <laughs> our nurses, as, as you know, um, and again, this gets away from sort of the gadget, the gadget or device component, but we've had several nurses who have been um, nursing students who have graduated, who were uh, winners of the president's engagement prize. And that's $100,000 for a graduating senior to implement a project of their choice. Um, so we've had, you know, I've worked closely with just about all of the winners in that particular area to help support the work that they've done. I think one, uh, one person that comes to mind is um, Aliana Hall. She had been working in, a, a, in an orphanage since she, the time that she'd been in high school. And she always knew she wanted to do something in that area with that population of, of work. When she went to the community, I think one of the issues that they had was that they were had suffered from a recent earthquake that had affected their water supply. And so rather than just thinking about how do I teach people good hygiene, which was a part of her project, she said what they need is, is access to clean water. And so what's the best way to do that? So she partnered with, um, with folks from our School of Engineering to develop a water filtration system. To, to work and to provide the community, help them work through what the mechanics of what that were, how to access it, how to use it, and then also then how to teach kids about good hygiene, uh, families about good hygiene, and being able to move forward. So that was all, that was all her. That was all her. Um, and then again, that's, that's just one example. Anthony Scarpone Lambert, we all, we all know and love very well. We've been through him on his uh, different innovative projects. And his participation in your course in um, the J&J Hackathon led him to devise a device, Lumify Care, and that is a, a, a fancy nightlight um, that enables nurses to 
use uh, without disturbing, putting on overhead lights uh, so nurses can do, go ahead and do their work. Um, so again, uh, students who took, who accessed all areas of the university to help them move forward with their, their particular project. So, I mean, those are only a couple. I mean, we've worked with some who haven't necessarily won, but again, who have extraordinary ideas about where and how to move forward. And you make a good point. Innovation doesn't happen in a silo. And all of the work that we do as nurses, we need partners in engineering and design and entrepreneurship, all of these spaces. Can you talk a little bit about the collaborations that Penn Nursing has with different groups to be able to help us help our students and faculty move their innovations forward, whether at Penn or outside of Penn? I think we, you know, we have both. I mean, we have incredible partnership with our, with our health system and not just the nurses in the health system. I mean, our nurses are phenomenal there and, um, you know, they, they provide incredible support to our students. They provide incredible feedback. Uh, Sometimes we partnered with them on their ideas in order to be able to move them forward. And our students have been part of that as well. So our our health system, what, what an incredible resource. And then we have the rest of the university. And, and you know, Mary, and I would say there isn't one school on campus and that we don't collaborate with in, in some particular way. So it's, you know, we're, you know, it's ours for the taking. It's ours for the asking. And I think some of the uh, relationships that we have support not only nurses moving out to the rest of the university, but the university moving into Penn Nursing to work to help. So a recent example comes from our colleagues in engineering who approached us and said, we are doing some similar stuff in relation to AI, in relation to AI, AI in particular, um, in working in homes and working with the elders. How might we partner better in some of the work that we're doing to, to scale? And again, what we bring certainly is the clinical expertise and the context of working in homes in and understanding the dynamics and issues around falls, for example. And that's important work to, again, feed to our engineers and say, this is the problem that we're, this is the problem. And this is the problem that we're trying to solve and how we might do that. For years, and probably for, for many, many years, nurses have not been included in the work of innovation. They've been overlooked. They've not been invited to participate. You know, you say, use the example that engineering had approached Penn Nursing. Do you think that's starting to change? Do you think nurses are now starting to be recognized as leaders in health and healthcare innovation? I, you know, I would, I would hope so, but you know, it's not going to, I mean, you know, to say that people are going to say, yes, you are, you know, here you are, and yes, you're wonderful, and yes, you would come. There's still a lot of work that we need to do, and, and we can't be passive in this, we can't be passive in this area. What we need to say is, look, you're doing that, been there, done that, here's what you need, here's what you need to do, um, and here's how I can help you. And people, people welcome that. I mean, they do welcome that, but, you know, I think, again, to think that people passively are going to come and say, or they might come and say, look, you know, we want to do X, Y, and Z. Will you, you know, support, will you do whatever, you know, sometimes we just don't have to, I mean, we need to think about what is it the problem that we're trying to solve? Because we just, I could spend all day really talking to different people who have great ideas about what nurses can and can't do. And we really do need to take some leadership in helping people to move move that area forward. So I think it's, you know, yes, people always recognize. I think, I don't think they recognize the extent 
of the value that we can we can and should provide. So some people do, not always. So I want to end by talking a little bit more about students. I get asked all the time, I get emails constantly from students who are interested in doing more around innovation, learning more about innovation, getting more involved in innovation, and then talking with clinicians who want to move into innovation spaces. Can you talk a little bit about some things, recommendations you'd have for either students or clinicians who want to get more involved in nurse-led innovation? Well, you know, I think it's the same thing around research. I mean, people want to do research um, and there's lots of research around, but I think the best way to be involved is to actually work with somebody who's doing something in, in that space. And it may not be nurse-led initially. It may be partnering with somebody that, again, you learn the process and then you can apply that to the areas that are of interest and to, again, the problems that you want to solve. But it doesn't, you know, as you know, Marion, it doesn't exist in the vacuum. Uh, you can't, you know, it's not a theory, it's a sort of hands-on, you know, trial and error, um, you know, getting real feed, real-time feedback. And so learning the skills of how to assess, how to get that feedback, you know, when things are ready to test, when they're not, making, you know, how to assess a situation. I mean, those are all skills um, that need to be put into, into practice by really actually working with somebody who's doing work in that space. What do you see as the biggest issues right now for the nursing profession and how can nurses help to create the solutions needed to move forward? You know, one of, one of the things I think a lot about is that, you know, we're not, we're not short on ideas and we're not short on building the evidence. We're not short on any of that. If you take a look at the American Academy of Nursing Edge Runners program, for example. These are a number of programs that have been developed, that have been researched, that show good clinical outcomes and cost effectiveness. I mean, there are no shortage of things that nurses have done to address critical problems. Where we get stuck a lot is in the policy areas and the regulatory areas and working on scale and spread of what some of our ideas are. So we always have to keep our heads, you know, heads in mind as to Who's going to pay? You know, I have this product, but who's going to pay for it? You know, how do I get that into law? How do I get reimbursed for it? All of those things are critical. And do I have the capacity within you know, my own license and my own practice to be able to move those components forward? That's where we get stuck. That's where we need help. And that's where we need to keep our eyes on the prize. Well, Dean Tony, at the beginning of this talk, you had said, in sixth grade, you made an informed decision to become a nurse. How has your view of what nursing was back then changed to what your view of nursing is now? And are you glad you took that path? Uh, I'm, of course, I'm glad. You know, I think I, I, you know, I always say what my parents wanted to make sure I always had was a job, you know, that I could have an income that I could support myself if I, if I needed to, if I needed. That's why my parents put me in that direction. They had no clue. I had no clue as to the opportunities that were available in nursing. And I think that those are just those are just going to expand. So as one who gets bored easily, I'm appreciative to be in a profession that provides me the opportunities to work and to try in different things. 
all well in service to my to families and communities and patients wherever they work, live, play. And for students out there who are first generation students coming into this profession or coming into college at any department, what would you say to them? You know, I would say that it's going to be a cha- it's going to be a challenge. I mean, all of us have our personal our personal and professional challenges. I think for for me, I always in school uh, felt that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't sure that I had again, given the area that I grew up had the same access, same education, and the same educational experiences that some of my peers did, and I was always afraid that that put me behind that again, that didn't make me good, good enough. Um, so I always felt like I had to work harder and to do better to prove to myself that I did, that I did belong. And I, and I just don't think that that goes away. But what I would say is that there are plenty of supports, more supports, of course, than when I went to school, but there are plenty of supports, again, recognizing that you know, we want to support people to be successful, that not everybody comes in with the same strengths and what you have endured in your own community and your own upbringing is going to be a strength at some point in your educational and professional journey. And that everyone is going to have these, you know, ups and downs and ebbs and flows. Yours are just going to be different. So you just have to keep your eye on the prize, look around for people who will support you in what you need to do. But, you know, if you got into a school, you're going to be successful. Um, You're going to have to work hard, but use the resources that are around you because nobody expects you to do this. Nobody except you probably expects you to do this by yourself. Well, Dean Tony, thank you so much for joining us today on this season opener of the Amplify Nursing podcast. I want to give you one more opportunity You have an active listening audience of Philadelphia innovators and entrepreneurs. Anything you want them to know about Penn Nursing and nurses leading in innovation? Well, I'll just say if you want to get something done, if you want to solve a problem, find yourself a nurse and not at the end. Find yourself one at the beginning. And I would hope that uh, certainly our community in the Philadelphia area takes pride um, in Penn School of Nursing. You know, we, uh, we care very much about the community. Our nurses are everywhere. Our impact is great. And um, I hope you take great pride, not only in what we, in what we at Penn Nursing are doing, but nurse, nurses all over during this pandemic. I mean, it's just, it's a bad time. And, and we don't need, we don't need bells and whistles. You know, we don't need candy. We don't need flowers. What we need is good wages. We need safe working conditions. Um, and we need people who, I mean, we are the, the front line to our patients. And so take good care of us meaning, means taking good care of your family. That was perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. And thanks for the work that you're doing in amplifying the work of nursing. So Angela, you want to jump back on and we can have a conversation? Sure. So what do you think of uh, our conversation with Dean Tony? I, I think it's fantastic. I, I was really excited to hear about our Dean's vision. And the thing that really strikes me the most about this conversation is not only does she have her own vision for how what should go, but she really makes our nursing community at the School of Nursing so inclusive that everyone can build on their visions and understanding that 
everyone's vision for what needs to happen to move forward is so incredibly important. And we can really, you know, facilitate everyone to succeed. And that's what struck me the most about this conversation. Yeah. And of course, you know, she's the dean of pen nursing. So um, <laughs> I love the ending part where she was calling out to our innovation entrepreneurship community here in Philadelphia, like take pride in the work that pen nurses are doing, but have a nurse at the table ahead mm. of time, not just at the end, but in the beginning. And that's really, I think what we need everybody to understand. And that's not just nurses. That's, a, a, you know, taking a human centered approach. You don't want to tell people what you think they need. You want to allow them to have a voice in the beginning and tell you what it is that they need. And that starts with nursing. It starts with any community you're working with. And if you're working in health and healthcare innovation, then nursing should absolutely be at the forefront of that. Exactly. Yeah. We're the, we're the ones who are implementing all of the things that you want to do. And we can, you can save a lot of time, money, energy, and frustration. If you begin with nursing, I've had the experience of things being implemented and changed. And then they come out to the nurses and say, this is what we're going to do. And we go, that's not going to work. And here's why ABCD. And then they go, and you know, it's, it's work that people spent months and months working on. And they just don't have our perspective. Um, and it's, it's the nursing perspective is such an incredibly unique perspective because we're, we're kind of like the cog that holds the whole thing together. When you're a nursing clinician in a hospital, you're the one person who knows what everyone else's job is and all of the things that need to happen in order to get things done for your patient. So when you have people coming from outside with maybe a little bit more siloed of a perspective, then it becomes really difficult for them to imagine all of the other things that go into this, the patient care. So we didn't really get into it in this conversation, but I don't think people really understand what nurses do and what the nursing profession is. I mean, I think, and we've had this conversation numerous times on this podcast, but like, I think, you know, people's perception of nursing is what they see on TV, which isn't generally realistic at all. And even if you have one perception of a nurse in a clinical setting, that's one perception of one nurse on one floor in one hospital. So Mm -hmm. like nurses are doing so many things, both in the hospital setting and outside of the clinical setting. And I think that's the reason we're doing this podcast. And it's the reason, you know, we really want other people to understand the value, the knowledge, the education, the resources that nurses bring to all teams in innovation, but also in policy and practice in education in all different sectors of the world that we live in. You know, health and healthcare are not siloed from everything else that goes on out in the world. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa Donato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time. Keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.